Do we really understand what faith is? We all have a measure of faith inside of us. But is faith just hoping that what you say is going to happen? Or is it actually knowing that it is absolutely beyond a shadow of a doubt going to happen? And how do you grow that faith? Like, what is it? Is there is there something that we can do that really helps us to have the faith that, just like Peter, we can walk on water? Well, that is what we're going to talk about today. My guest is author and prophet Bill Yunt. He has just written a book, and it's called Some Hear Thunder, I Hear a Roar. The testimonies in this book are just so inspiring that it's going to bring your faith, I believe, to a new level. So thank you so much, Bill. Thank you for coming on Touch by Prayer. It's such an honor. Well, I'm glad it's working out for us to be together. Absolutely. So um, so let's just, let's talk a little bit about you because you are such a man of faith. Like you are seriously a man of faith and we're... You know, I'm reading your book, and I, and I want to talk about that. But do, what are some of the things that you really feel have have like stretched your faith to grow to the the, the length or, or the strength that it has right now? Well, I I believe uh, someone used the phrase one time that great problems produce great faith, and I think too many times our problems in life to bring us closer to the Lord and to see his faithfulness to us is really is really a key to understanding what faith really is. When I hear the word faith, I always wonder if I have enough of it. I think that's that's where a lot of people think if we have to have faith for God to do something, we wonder sometimes do we have enough faith to move mountains? But in my mind, I believe faith is very close to trusting, and and uh, I believe, in my mind, when we trust the Lord, it puts the responsibility on Him to do what He says. And I think faith, really, to me, means trust. When I say I trust the Lord to do something, trust puts the responsibility on Him and not myself. And I believe that's what He's after for us more than anything, is just to trust Him. And um, I believe through trusting, when I just feel like I don't have enough faith to be healed, I've seen God's faithfulness heal me, heal me regardless of whether I have felt like I had faith enough for a miracle. I've seen God do miracles in my life and family when I felt like the man with the demon-possessed son said, Lord, I... I believe, help my unbelief. And I believe as we go through life, even with our problems, as we keep seeing God's faithfulness, that gives us faith to trust Him more for whatever comes our way, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And, you know, what? one of the things that you said I think is so key, and that's when you trust God. But I think because of some of the brokenness that people have endured, they they have a very hard time trusting. And if you can't trust a person, how can you trust God that you can't see or you can't have a, like one-on-one contact with? Although I, I kind of, <laughs> I take that back a little bit because there are, there are people who have had such intimate relationships that they, they can tangibly feel him. But I'm saying for the for the lay person, for the person who just doesn't have that trust, who hasn't built that relationship, I, I think it's just because of their wounds with people. And I think that's sometimes what deters their their faith. Yeah, I think a lot has to do with it how we were raised as children from our parents, with our parents, especially our fathers. Uh, in, in my own life, I had a mother who really... Um, went to church and took our kids from day one. And when I was five years old, my mother spoke over me. Uh, she'd tell everybody when she got around a lot of people, she'd tell everybody when I was five years old, this is my little preacher. And at the time it embarrassed me, but uh, my spirit must have took that in because it, it just uh, began to, God began to move on that prophetic word spoken from my mother and I've been in ministry with the Lord, walking with the Lord around 40 years now. And uh, 
Now, with my dad, he was an alcoholic for many years, and I didn't feel close to my dad. But uh, when my dad was 85 years old in the hospital, not long to live, um, uh, my dad, when I left the room going into the hallway at the hospital, I heard my dad say one, one of the last words to me. He said, bless you, Bill. Bless you, Bill. And I felt something break off from the top of my head in the spirit under the soles of my feet. And I've never been the same since that Father's blessing, even though it was late in life. And I think people are growing up today with such brokenness in families with parents that uh, it, it really makes it difficult. And that's why it's so important to uh, share with other people what God has done in our lives and uh, just really ask for a real outpouring of God's love through us to touch other people, to encourage them, to keep them believing, to see God's faithfulness. Well, I think it's beautiful that your mother had such faith. And and if in in the book that you wrote, you started to to go back and give the testimonies to how God worked in her life in, in different healings when she was diagnosed with cancer, when they were going to amputate her leg. I mean, just these crazy stories of her trust and her faith that she didn't know how, she didn't know when, but she knew it mm-hmm. would be. Like she didn't care. She didn't. She she didn't put restraints on God. She just said, "I right. trust you, and however it's yeah. going to be, I trust that you have my best interest at heart." And one of the things that that you wrote that she said is, she said she was going into heaven with both her feet. Amen. <laughs> and I and I read that and I started to giggle because it is that's that's faith because she didn't yeah, but, know. Yeah. When the doctor wanted to uh, take her one foot amputated because of sugar diabetes, she she just said to the doctor, when I go to heaven, I'm taking my foot with me. And uh, it, it ended up God kept her foot with her. Uh, one of the things that helped my mother, I believe my mother had a gift of faith. And one of the reasons why I think it's important for all of us with our children and grandchildren uh, my mother, when she was 11 years old, she used to attend Catherine Coleman meetings in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Catherine Coleman had a great healing ministry back then, and my mother would go with my grandma to those meetings. And in those meetings, my mother, when she was 11, saw many miracles before her eyes on the right hand and the left hand side of her in those meetings. And I believe that's what gave her the mindset as a young girl, this is the way my life's going to be. And it went that way for 90 years. Through sickness, disease, and infirmities that attacked my mother quite quite often, my mother just had that faith because it came from not just believing, it came from seeing miracles. And I believe... Again, when you see a miracle, you no longer just believe in them. You start living by them because it does something. It really it builds your faith when you see the miracles at that early age. And I think that's what's uh, lacking in a lot of people's lives. And I just thank God for my mother because I later found out that God just wasn't giving my mother... Uh, healings and miracles, but it started to run down through the family tree. I've had many miracles and healings that's in the book also, and I've had sisters and brothers in our family receive healings and miracles, and I believe the seed and the seed seed of the righteous is blessed, and I just I just believe we need to have those kind of testimonies to, you know, keep us going forward in the Lord. Well, I definitely agree with that. Um and I've kind of talked about this on my show before, but I actually saw Darren Wilson's movie, Finger of God. And I saw that back in, um, I think it was 2009. And what was so crazy is I went, oh, wait, we can do that? I'm like, oh, Lord, if, if we can do that, seriously, give me that gift and I'll clean out Sloan Kettering. That was, <laughs> careful what you ask God for. <laughs> Be careful yeah. what you, because he, he'll say, okay. 
he'll say okay. But what I because of movies like like Darren Wilson, because of some of the YouTube videos that are out and being like you you can find healing videos all over the place where probably you you couldn't find them except for like Catherine, you know, Catherine Coleman was what in the 60s, is that right? 60s and 70s that she yeah, had her like television it. show. Yeah. But that it, wasn't just everywhere. That was just in certain states cuz honestly, I didn't right. hear about Catherine Coleman I think until I started to watch Sid Roth at Supernatural, which is another show that really talks about like the supernatural side of God. Mm-hmm. And and I think like your book and and the different books that are out there, I think it's growing <laughs> this new generation because my kids, my kids know that this stuff is possible because they've yeah. they've seen it. They've heard about it. They've heard, they hear a lot about it, <laughs> because but it's not just from one person. They hear it from many right. different sources. And I think when you start to hear something over and over, it, it starts to kind of sink in. Yes, amen. So one of the things that um, that I also really admire is that you just have such you, you are um, how do I put this? You are extremely powerful with your pen <laughs> that's when you write it it seriously it it affects people because i've read some of the different things that you've been posting on facebook you've been on charisma online you've also been on the elijah list like this prophetic gifting did your mom also had that because as you were talking before you said that sometimes it kind of goes through the bloodline well not really my mother never had a desire to write really uh, I feel it just says that's one of the gifts. Well, when God started to touch my life, my greatest desire that I had when I came to the Lord, I heard a Bible teacher teaching a Bible study. When I first got saved, I attended a Bible teacher uh, class. And during that first lesson, he said to everybody, I heard God speak to me personally. That's what he said. He said to us, and I thought to myself, I've never heard such a thing. I thought this guy must be really have a an ego problem, because why would God, with all the billions of people on Earth, have the time to speak to him personally? And it really bothered me. I left that Bible study that night, and I couldn't even sleep going to bed that night because it frustrated me. Why would he say such a thing? And it frustrated me because I didn't think, you know, God could ever speak to anybody personally like he said he did. So here, about an hour later, uh, this thought came to me, and I think it was the Holy Spirit speaking to me by the Lord. And God spoke to me and said, but what if, what if he could? What if God could really speak to you personally? And that question lit a fire in me. It's never gone out. And the first thing that came to me personally, the desire when I first got saved, was I wanted to hear God speak to me um, personally. And I was, I thought to myself, boy, if God could really speak to me personally, just one word, not even a whole sentence, I'd be willing to wait 30, 40 years for God to say something to me personally. So that, that, night, that fire was lit, never gone out, and then the Lord sort of walked into my bedroom a couple hours later that night. He said, son, I want to speak to you more than you want me to. When I heard him say that, it just sort of took the struggle out of me hearing him, because I figured if he he really wants to speak to us more than we want him to, then maybe he's speaking to me all the time, and I'm just not listening. So the next morning when I woke up, not every day or not all the time, but I, I, I'm discovering God is speaking to us about all the time, but we're not always listening. He speaks through billboards, through people, through license plates, and mainly for me it's ordinary life that he, he gives me his thoughts and impressions about what he's saying to me and, and the body of Christ. and. And I just think that's, I've learned when God speaks, you live. When God speaks, you're healed, you're delivered, set free, 
your dreams thunder with life. I'm not talking about God or man talking to us, but when God speaks. And I felt like since then, little by little, God's voice is sort of comes to me and I write it down and it, it blesses my own life and it, it blesses other people's lives too, I found out. But uh, that's just one of the things that's that's inspired my writing gift that I not only enjoy hearing God's voice, I've learned to enjoy writing it down so I don't forget it. And that's what this book is full of prophetic words also, besides my mother's healings and miracles I've just written these down through time through the last few years, and I've ended up putting them in a book, things that God has spoken to me personally for the body of Christ. In fact, I have two other books on Amazon, too, and four prophetic words. So that's just, it's really important when God speaks, we write it down so we don't forget it. Because most of the time, it's not just for us personally. It's usually for other people to encourage them, too. Oh, I definitely agree with that. And, you know, there there's so many scriptures that say, like, you know, write down the vision, make it plain, mm-hmm. like in Habakkuk 2, too. So there there is something when you actually write what you hear, there, there's something powerful about that. Yeah. I've noticed when you write, if you hear something, you can forget it. But when you write it down, it's sort of the Holy Spirit ins- it's inscribes it on the table of your heart. It's like goes really deep in your memory bank, and and that way the Holy Spirit can bring it out when you need it later. Uh, yeah, it's powerful when you write something. It seems like it it just is sealed in your spirit, and you don't forget it. Right, and I think that's that's the whole thing. Well, I mean, there is a scripture that says that God actually writes on our hearts; that He He inscribes yeah. things on our hearts. So I kind of feel like the prophetic, because I'm very much in, into the prophetic, there is, and, and God, wow, God is speaking, like you were saying, billboards and stuff. He, he's even speaking through Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, yes, that, yes. because you just, you just wrote something about the Super Bowl, and seriously, like, and it, and it was so funny, because my, my heart, because I didn't care about which team, but my heart really... I, I just felt so bad because of all the, the controversy um, surrounding the Patriots. And I just felt like, Lord, you know, that would be awesome just for redemption. Because I really feel that 2017 is a year of redemption for so many people. I truly, yes. truly believe that. And I, yeah. I mean, just just everything, like nothing went the way that everybody thought it was going to go. Like the performance by Lady Gaga was, it, there was some beautiful parts to it. There was nothing, she, yeah. she she didn't do anything that was wrong. And like, you know, look, peop, there are secular people and then there, are, there aren't secular people. But I just felt like God was speaking to everybody through like, even like what she did, like how God bless America, how, you know, she was talking about America, how it was the patriots who won. How they were completely, like everything seemed as though it was losing. And we can even go back to the election because you've written about that too. That, you know, the ele- everybody was like, nah, nah, nah. And everybody thought the elections were, now. it's just not going to happen. And then, but God's hand, God is just, he's just like, he's changing things. He is definitely, yeah. he's definitely changing things. So what are some of the things that, that you got out of, because I know you wrote about it today, but what were some of the things, if we can talk about, that you really felt for the Super Bowl that you kind of saw? Well, I was actually rooting for the Falcons. <laughs> <laughs> that makes it even better, seriously. God, that makes God, it better. God really blew me away. <laughs> and I thought about halftime, oh, thank you, Father. But... Uh, <laughs> Anyhow, long story short, uh, the surprise comeback, mm. I believe it's prophetic for the body of Christ. Yes. Because the Lord, I, I asked the Lord one time, Lord, uh, you know, a lot of these sports events, like the Patriots winning the Super Bowl, this was a miracle comeback. Yes. The world was calling this a miracle, not Christians. And uh, I think there's certain ingredients we can take from this miracle comeback from the Patriots. First of all, I believe there's an ingredient for a miracle in our lives, 
And the first ingredient is what they experienced. They were losing big time. Yes. They were losing big time. And I I believe losing in an area of our life big time is actually an ingredient and key for our miracle. And and, uh, I just believe... uh, Another another ingredient is um, one of the things sports announcers often say with the losing team, at least to encourage them, often like the quarterback, I noticed Tom Brady, he looked frustrated at times, but he stayed calm under pressure. I thought I saw him. Calm. I thought I saw him praying. Yeah. I really he did. He stayed calm. Yeah. He didn't lose it, and yep. neither did the coach. Nope. And one one thing that inspired me by the coach, also um, in the last game, I'm a Steeler fan, and when they beat the Steelers the other week, I was disappointed. But one thing I liked about the Patriots was the sports announcer said about the coach that the coach looks for players who can take a hit and a tackle and keep running for six or seven more yards. And I could see that in the Steeler game. They would take a big hit or a tackle but these runners would just keep moving the ball down the field five or six or seven more yards in spite of being hit. And and I think that's called perseverance, and I think that's what um, the players had for the Patriots, especially this game. They persevered under pressure, and I think that's a key to the body of Christ. And most of all, that we can have our own miracle comeback spiritually or physically or whatever's coming against us, it's also, it's also, it was like God was for the Patriots. Mm -hmm. It's like he was looking out for them to win. And I think it was a prophetic act by the Lord to speak to the body of Christ. This is what I want to do for you this year. I agree with that. This is your miracle comeback year. This is a year 17 actually means overcoming. Yep. It means, it means victorious. Yep. And I think this is going to be a year of surprises for us. The things that we felt like we were losing for many years is going to—it's going to surprise us. What God's going to turn things around in many of our lives this year in the body of Christ. The, the, we're we're called to win and overcome. And I think the reason why this is our year because we've been battling, trying to overcome a lot of major issues in our lives. But this is the payback here that God's going to recompense us yes. for what we've been through, because we've been through it all, but we've, we kept the focus on the Lord. And I think that's one of the things, like, that for, for this year, when the, it was funny, I heard restoration, <laughs> I heard recompense, and I also heard reestablishment. Those are the three R's I heard for 2017. Mm, and I was like... Powerful. And I, and I said to the Lord, and I, I said, what does reestablishment mean? He says, because there are some people who've lost their way. They need to be reestablished what they were mm-hmm. supposed to do. And That's so I true. feel like he's just reestablishing things. And it's, it's a, what, what's super great about our father is he, he doesn't care what other people think. Like he he goes to the heart and he goes to something that's going to give the biggest bang for his buck. And it would have been nice for the Falcons to win. I'm sure people would have been very happy and they would have been ah ha ha in your face. But, but to Mm -hmm. see, but to see God's hand, like, I mean, seriously, even like that one catch, like he, he caught it. (laughs) They don't even know how he caught it. It was like a miracle catch, but it was, it was kind of like, um, there was, um, I think it was back in 2000, oh gosh, what was it, 2009, I think, when the Giants, actually, he caught it with his forehead, with his head, and it was like, Mm. it was, they called it, it was like a miracle kind of thing, and I think that's what we're going to start to see going forward into 2017, because it already started November, (laughs) which some people might not say that, but, but it was a miracle. People still don't even understand it. I think that's why people are so, they're dumbfounded, quite honestly, (laughs) you know, but, um, and I, and I think because we were humbled to pray hard enough for the election, because we got so desperate, uh, and since Trump got elected, I believe because we prayed and voted for righteousness, really, yep. more than anything. And then I think we're going to start reaping in this year 
of our praying, even for the election, there's a reaping that's going to launch us. Because it's all about the body of Christ, the remnant that God is dealing with and working with. And I, I think this coming year for the body of Christ, it, it's going to be a year. I just feel like in my spirit, even even before January started, near the end of the year, I felt my spirit jumping up and down for this new year, seven, 2017. And the Lord gave me a word for this year, It's, it's and I believe it that this is the year we were born for. Mm. This is the year we were born for. The reason why we're still living was because this year, 2017, was the year we were born for, and the King is calling for us. The King is calling for us from the pit, from the prison, to the palace this year. We're going to arrive in the, in the palace, spiritually speaking, God's calling us to use us like never before, because we're the light of the world. We're the we're the ones that's going to carry the glory, and the government's going to be upon His shoulders as we go forward this year. And I believe this is a year of a great harvest that God's going to have us doing things we never even thought we could do. Talk about trusting. Uh, trusting is going to be our training this year. Some of us have had training and been equipped, and that's great. But God says this year, your training will be your trusting. Trusting will be your training. As you go forward, I believe God's going to call some people to do things they've never been trained for. But God says, just trust me on this. I'm going to use you. I'm going to do it through you, in you, for you, and even in spite of you. Because this is a year the King's calling for us to be used. Well, and I definitely can see, I can, def- especially like in my own life, <laughs> because, you know, some of the things that I-, I feel that I'm being called to, like, I honestly, Bill, I just sometimes I just, I just giggle because I'm like, seriously, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like, seriously, but that's, but that's not just for just for me. That's for every, I mean, I just see yeah. this on so many different people. And I really yeah. feel like God is, um, I, I just hear like God is calling out the cave dwellers. And I, it's like those yeah. people who have been hidden, who have been almost like sequestered by the Lord to just like mm. sit in, like in his presence and just sit and, and just pray and just get to know him. And I just feel like they're, they're just like coming out and it's taking, yeah. it's just taking them a while to like rub their eyes to get adjusted to the light. Mm. <laughs> But That's as soon good. as they, they start to get adjusted, they're just going to start running. Like, these are warriors yes. that are coming out. This is this is no joke, because time is short. Yes. Time is short. Amen. But it's... But, but that's good. But God is so... He's so patient with our country. He's so patient with his children that he... Mm-hmm. And he's such a good father. And I was actually having a conversation with somebody on Saturday, and this person said, I, I love New Testament God. I don't care so much for Old Testament God. Old Testament God was kind of rough. And I sat there, Bill, and I went, shoot, I don't know what to say. Because he looked at me, and I, and I had nothing. And he actually got up to go have a smoke. He's not a, a, a Christian, but he, he's, he's teetering on believing. And do you know what the Lord told me? The Lord said, I haven't changed. He said, but Jesus came in the New Testament. He said, and his blood covered my wrath. Amen. That's good. And I went, and I was so excited when he came back. I was like, I got an answer. <laughs> and yeah. he said, but I wouldn't have thought of that because, because God says he does not change. But because of what Jesus did, he's, we have grace. And I feel like that's what the United States is going through is that we are going to get that added grace, that extra measure of grace. But I also think that some of the things that we're seeing is also starting to build our faith to start to see the miracles. Because I do believe that we in America are going to start to see people raising from the dead. Yes, amen. I feel it so strong in my belly, boy, because... And God's going to start using people to do these kind of exploits that really have not been messed up by a lot of teaching or equipping or instructing. Not that we don't need it. That's all good. We all need it and continue to need it. 
But God's just going to, he gave me a word a while back before the election. He said, I'm untying donkeys again. <laughs> I'm untying donkeys again. I'm loosening the donkeys. To, I'm going to ride upon donkeys, the backs of donkeys, into cities and nations like I did when I rode into Jerusalem. And I didn't realize, you know, many people thought Trump was a donkey. And, uh, but God's using people that you would never consider, but God sees the hearts. He's calling the foolish things this hour again to confound the wise. And, and just, God's going to just, it's for everybody, but God's going to use the least expected people we think or consider of, uh, to bring forth his power and glory. It's going to be people that uh, I tell people God's going to God's God saves people we wouldn't. Mm, that's God's good. going to use people we wouldn't. He's going to save people in our towns and communities. Some Christians going to be upset when God saves certain people because they were too far gone in their own eyes or they were offended by them. But God's love is just exploding this year and going to show us on his behalf, how he loves people, how he loves us. And uh, that's going to be the major the major power that's going to thrust, be thrusted into the harvest, that God loves people, period, not because they're good or bad, because God is love. Absolutely. And we're not good because in our own eyes. We're good because God is good, mm. and he loves us, period. It's interesting. I have to make two comments. First of all, when you said the thing about the donkey, seriously, I constantly call myself a donkey. And I tell people, I said, I'm nothing special. Hey, God used a donkey. If he can use a donkey, he can use me. So that's, I think that's hysterical. But um, we were actually, I I got together with a bunch of uh, my friends and we were intercessing for our country. And it was before the inauguration. No, yeah, it was, um, it was right before the inauguration. And so we were, we were all together. We were all praying, 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 praying. It was so interesting because, like, the, the Spirit of the Lord just fell. And I started to, to say that, and, and this is what came out of my, my mouth, was I will protect my children. And I said it three or four times, but, Bill, the, the interesting thing about that is there was a fear that I got as a person. I got a fear because I felt like God showed his mama bear. Like mm -hmm. he is going to protect his children. And there was almost like, don't you dare mess with my kids. That's what I wow. felt like. And it wasn't, it, it scared me. It truly scared me because I think that the church is about to um, discover who his kids are. <laughs> that's that's yeah. what I felt like. I felt like, be very, very careful who you judge, because well, that you might be yeah. judging God's child. Amen. And He is going to protect them. But it wasn't like it. It, it just it was so powerful. It, it it dropped me to my knees. But I was truly mm. afraid, and I'm not afraid of God. But mm. that scared me, because it was like, don't you dare even think about hurting a hair on my children. That's what I wow. felt. Yeah. So the protection, the protection I feel that God is going to give to, to his kids, especially the prodigals, because I truly believe that this is going to be the year and it's already happening. To, to, I have some people who I know the prodigals have come home. Yes, so, amen. And that's why we need to keep our relationships. Uh, we need to tighten up on our relationships with people. Uh, the Lord gave me a word just this morning that, uh, you know, bridges are like our relationships in the body of Christ. And uh, now I'm learning that I don't, I don't believe it's just healing the miracles that get us to where God wants us to be in our promised land or inheritance. I believe it's relationships. Relationships are everything to the Lord. Our relationship with Him and one another, even loving our enemies and I think the Lord showed me this morning, he spoke to me, he said, if you build the bridges, if you build the bridges, those bridges 
to one another as relationships, I'll build the wall around our nation, the wall of protection. And I believe that's a challenge to us for this coming year, that if we if we learn to really guard our relationships and love one another, period, that God will see to it that that spiritual wall of his presence, like you just mentioned, it's a wall of spiritual protection around us and will even protect our nation because it's all about the body of Christ coming together in unity. And that's where the Lord commands the blessing of life and protection too. So, yeah, what you were just talking about is so important. And I think part of that fear of the Lord is a good godly fear because uh, when we judge one another or put one another down, we don't realize it. We're, we're touching the apple of God's eye because he loves people we don't love. That's right. He loves our enemies. He must see something good in our enemies if he tells us to love them. And just like in your life or a lot of people listening tonight, I've had some enemies in the past, but as I prayed for them and kept my eyes focused on the Lord, to heal me of those wounds from them, I've seen God turn their hearts toward him and towards myself. And some of my worst enemies in the past are some of my greatest friends now. And I think we have to learn that, and I believe when we get to heaven, uh, if we ha- I don't think we have regrets, but I think we're, we're going to realize we could have loved more mm. and judged less. Well, I think that's one of the the big things right now is that he is on, he is about love. That that's the only thing that that God has really put on my heart: love, 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 yeah. love. And it's like, what does love look like? Because we we've had com- I've had conversations with the Father, and He's like, you misunderstand what love is. You completely misunderstand it. And he started to kind of to do this like breakdown of what love looks like. And it, it's just because, you know, Hollywood has a version of love and love songs yeah. have a version of love. And then we, we have our relationships, you know, our first loves and then our, our high school loves. And then we, of course, we have our, our husbands or our wives, that, that marriage love. So, so love comes in many shapes and forms. But I think when you start to, to pick out the best of each of those loves, you can start to get a glimmer of what God sees as love. Because there's that innocent love that you, you think that there's nothing greater than this person. <laughs> you know, the right. first love, you're like, when you first fall in love with somebody, you're like, they're just perfect, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I think that's, that is true love because we, we overlook their flaws. We don't judge them. We're just so happy to be around them. And I feel like that's like part of what God wants us to see. And I think that that's what I kind of have been seeing. I've been seeing it in different like, blog posts and in different like Facebook, you know, you know, threads I'm seeing it's, it's love. That's it. I don't. And, and especially right now, since everybody's like hammering other people, but it's just cause they don't know about love. So when you look right. at like those Facebook, you know, people who are, are spewing out negativity and, and hatred and anger, they don't understand love. That's that's the the thing. So if, like what you're saying, if we can start praying for them, I think that we're going to start to be able to change even how Facebook is being seen right now. Yes, and I think too um, that it has to start with our revelation of how much God loves us. Period. And uh, when we get in God's presence and we feel how much He loves us, the more we experience that, the more of his love will flow out through us to others. And the more patient we will be with others, long-suffering with other people, because we see how much patience God has with us every day, how much God forgives us when we fall short every day. And the more we see that, the more we can allow God's love and for us to be patient with others, because... You know, again, none of us are perfect. And uh, I think we have to get over that idea, well, we're not we're not worthy, we're not perfect, but that's the reason we look to the one who is perfect and loves us unconditionally. 
And that's the kind of love he wants to flow through us, that unconditional love that loves people no matter what. But I think that... Because God, God loves them. Absolutely. But I think that some people, as as I started like the show in the beginning... And I was talking about people who've been hurt by other people. So sometimes it's the fear that blocks that love. Sometimes right. it, it's their their hardness. It's their unforgiveness. It's it's those things that have have hindered their heart to to truly beat as a father's. And I think that this this season, I think he's going after the hardened hearts. That's what I yeah. really feel. And and that's true. Let me ask you a question, Bill. Do you feel like this is part of the shaking? You know how there's that you know the scripture, and, and you keep hearing it. You keep hearing, uh, oh, it's the great shaking that's coming. <laughs> you know, and I was like, okay, well, we've been shaking for quite a while, but this this season, this is where like I keep thinking about that scripture where it says that um, sister will be against, like the daughter will be against the mother and the father, and all this division, and. It's crazy, but I kind of see it now because mm-hmm. there are people in my family who I absolutely love. But if if I were to start speaking stuff, I could hurt or offend them. And so yeah. I choose not to say anything because I don't want to have a separation from them. But there are other people that like cousins and aunts and uncles, they're like, I'm not talking to that person anymore. And I'm thinking mm-hmm. to myself, wow, that's like that scripture. But I always thought that that scripture was really about Jesus. But I kind of think that some of this darkness is kind of stopping that flow. I mean, what do you think some of this, this stuff is coming from? Yeah, well, when people get wounded, it doesn't take much them to stay hurt or get hurt more and uh, what I'm sensing is with what you're saying is uh, God has a way and means committee to get to, to get the attention of people I mean I'm starting to see some things um, in certain celebrities that God is he's not causing it but he's allowing them to experience some tragedies. And and some of these celebrities are actually now calling out for prayer from people, for people to pray for their loved one who is critical condition and things like this. I think God's working. Part of the shaking is, is getting their attention, allowing things in their lives, not causing them again, but allowing them to go through adversity to really, God knows how far at the bottom of the barrel he can allow us to be before we cry out to him. And I think the reason why there's many troubles going on in people's lives because sometimes we haven't really cried out to him, you know, and I think, again, God's getting a lot of our attention that way that ultimately brings forth his answer and uh, his rescue means to rescue us. And we find him that he really does care of them. I'm not sure if it's making any sense, but I think God is working behind the scenes in a lot of people's lives. I definitely agree even, with that, yeah. I, I think there comes a time when even a, the hardest heart uh, begins to be penetrated by the Holy Spirit through situations, through adversities, through tragedy. Not that God sends these things, but, um, you know, things things happen in life. We're living in an imperfect world, and God uses troubles to, you know, I came to the Lord through trouble. I didn't come to the Lord on a nice day. I came to Him on a troubled day. And whether we like it or not, trouble keeps me close to the Lord. Mm. In fact, I think trouble could be my friend. <laughs> I don't know it. Well, no, and think about it. Um, I, and I go back. I go back to the different times where I really cried out and I, I spoke to the Lord and I asked him. And even before I got filled with the Holy Spirit, like when my mother was in a, um, a house fire, 
and she was burned over 50% of her body. She did. Oh, yeah. She was 70. She was burned over 50% of her body. She really didn't have a chance of survival. But I actually, I got down on my hands and knees and I begged and I asked God, please don't take her. Please don't take her. And the first thing that I heard in my spirit, and I, I didn't even, like, I, I didn't know that, like, I knew it was God. I totally knew it was God, but I didn't understand that it was, like, how this stuff worked. I just knew that I heard him. But he said mm-hmm. to me, the first thing I had to do is I had to forgive her. I couldn't pray for her if I still had bitterness and anger towards her. Uh-huh. And I was like, Whoa. so I, so I, I said, well, how do I do that? She's in a coma. <laughs> he said, just write it down. He said, just write it on a, on a piece of paper. So I did. I actually wrote her a letter and I, and I cried as I read it back to myself and I forgave her. But everything that God told me to do, which he did, he told me what to do. And she came out, she lived, she survived. Whoa. Yeah. So, and I was like, And I think about that. I think about that so often because when I needed to hear from him, I heard. Mm. That was the thing because I, if I would have just, you know, put it up myself and said, okay, I don't know what to, that's it. I'm just, I guess it's over. The doctor is going to say what, what the rule is. Cause the doctor looked at me. He says, I don't think you understand the extent of her, her injuries. Mm. And I said, but I didn't say God, but I said, I don't think you understand the stubbornness of my mother. I said, if God right. wanted her, he would have taken her. And he didn't, so right. she's going to live. And I said, you're going to mm. watch her walk out of this hospital. And she did. Mm. She did. Cool. So, right. you know, sometimes what we prophesy, what we agree with, if, if we stand in agreement, if we just say that, nope, that's it, we're going to start, we're going to see that. We're going to yeah. definitely, even if, like you said, like if we don't have the faith, because I didn't. I don't think I had the faith, but I had a knowing. Yeah. I, I just, there was something inside of me that said, nope, she's walking out of here. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's what's like, I'm starting to see. Like even with the, there were people who when, when the election was going on, there were people who said, nope, I don't care what I see. I just know what I know, that he is going to mm-hmm. win. So, you know, there, I think there's that knowing there's the relationship, there's the trust. I think all of those things like thrown into a mix produces mm-hmm. faith. Yeah, I think that's, uh, I think I said earlier, when I feel like I run out of faith, I can still trust mm. the Lord. Because when we trust the Lord, that, that means, Lord, we're, we're looking to you, we're expecting you to do something regardless of how much faith we have or, or no faith. Um, and I think that's what, that, that's what God wants to see in our, in our lives and heart, that regardless of what looks like on the surface or in the natural, we're trusting Him. And that's when God gets excited to do things for, our, for us in our families and loved ones. And that forgiveness is so powerful. I've seen that work in my life so many times that, uh, again, God just you know, wants to set us free from our wounds and hurts and bitterness. And in my own life, it, it comes down to who wounded me, who hurt me. And I, I, I have a choice. I could say, Lord, I forgive that person and I bless them. And even show me what I can do to bless them, Lord. And that the, the third the third step He showed me to take when I was really offended by an elder in our church many years ago. Uh, not just not just saying, Lord, I forgive them, or Lord, I bless them. But He said, Bill, you've got to take another step so I can pluck the root of bitterness up out of you, so it won't return. I said, Lord, what is He said, the third step is overcome evil with good. Do something good to that person who hurt you. And that, as I took that third step, uh, there was was, uh, reconciliation. Sometimes God will tell us to do something to to somebody we don't even want to love or like, 
and God had me take this brother out to lunch and eat with him. I, I didn't want to. But I found out something why Jesus said, feed your enemies. Because when we ate together lunch, uh, it was like Jesus pulled a chair up the same table, and those walls came down between us. It was like we were having communion together over pizza, eating <laughs> pizza together. Wow. We didn't even talk that much, but Jesus was doing a lot. And I think he will lead us to do things we don't want to do, but that's the very things, if we follow through and obey God's voice doing these kind of things, we get free ourselves from the hurt. And so it releases the other person. And a year later, God, after we were reconciled, I think it's one thing to be forgiven or forgive. It's another world to be reconciled. When you're reconciled to a person like a was reconciled with this brother in our church. A year later, God sent us to Africa to minister together. That's why the enemy tried to draw, to put a wedge between us so difficult, so hard. Wow. And worked overtime, but uh, it's like after I was reconciled, I remember getting up one morning to pray for that brother, brother to bless him, and I realized my hurt was gone. I felt born again all over. And God promoted me into another area of ministry that I knew it came through forgiveness. Wow. And it's so important for people to move on, move on past the hurt through forgiving and because it sets them free. Absolutely. And the, the interesting thing is that you forgot the hurt. That's what I yeah. I think is so beautiful because when you truly forgive someone, you yeah. can't, you just don't remember. Like you don't even know how to be angry at them because there is nothing yeah. to be angry about. He just Well, that's the difference between forgiving and being reconciled. Mm. Uh, when you're reconciled, I can talk about this hurt now, but it's like the person never hurt me. Correct, yeah. It's like we became so close friends. Wow. It only could be the Holy Spirit doing that to send us to Africa to minister together for 21 days together with two other brothers. It's like that's the way God can work the miracles in our lives, and that's what he wants us to do. He wants to do this through us this year. He wants us to really release people and release ourselves from these kind of hurts and wounds because there's just so much God has for us. Like, once we once we come through this and we experience our healing, then we can we can go forward then with the Lord. Well, I think that some people think that if they let go, because I've done shows about forgiveness, and I still think that you know part of the the biggest thing that we have to do is letting go. I think that if we yeah. We have to let go, not only through through hurts and through wounds, but we also have to let go of our pride. We have to let go uh, of what we want to do and just submit ourselves and, and truly just surrender ourselves to God. Because I think like once once God gets us into this place where, and, and this is like the best, it's like you can see somebody who's just been struggling and struggling and struggling. And then finally they just say, okay, that's it. I give up. And, and like, it just, right. I just see the father just smiling and going, ah, now that I can work with. <laughs> now that, True. that I can work with. Because we, we just get ourselves, like we stop. You know, it's like, okay, go to the left. And we're like, eh, don't feel like going to the left. You know, but God's like, but if you only knew what was over there, if you only could see what I see for you. So it's, it's like when we start to just truly engage with him and we truly start to just listen to what he tells us to do. But that, that goes back to that whole thing about trust. It's that we have to trust that his plans are good, that I have good plans for you. (laughs) And that's the biggest, I think that's the biggest, um, the biggest frustration that people I think who who aren't moving where they want to move if they actually took a step back and they just said okay Lord here it is for you you do it because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm done because yeah. the Father has the very best in store for us mm-hmm. he's not after to take from us the enemy comes to steal kill and destroy but Jesus has the very best of us and 
Sometimes we hold on to what we think is good, but it's not God's best. That's where we have to trust him. God, you know best. You know what I really need. Not what I think I need, but you know what I really need. Absolutely. So let me ask you a question, Bill. Like, What, what are some of the other things that um, are, are on the Father's heart or some of the things that you feel God is, is really starting to... Because I also hear the word realigning. That's that's just another thing that he's he's actually putting he's taking like this person he's bringing them closer to you and the person who was close to you he's kind of putting them back and it's not because they've done anything wrong and it's not because you've done anything wrong but if you didn't get realigned you couldn't get repositioned and you couldn't move forward right yeah I find he's connected me with people now in this season of my life where I've never been connected with these people before. And, and it's like he's, he's connecting parts of the body to really function together so the whole body can flow in the spirit. Again, he wants to use all of us. He uses every member, just like our own bodies. The little toe is so important, we couldn't walk right without it. But in, in different seasons of my own life, the Lord will connect with people for a season, then he'll, for some reason, not that we uh, get upset at each other and leave each other, but it's just like the Lord at different times will just connect you with other people for a certain season to accomplish more things through your life. And I'm discovering more and more that we need each other uh, to go forward in the body of Christ. It's like we don't we don't get too far if we stay by ourselves. Mm. If we isolate ourselves, it's like we become a, a, like a fish out of water. A lot of people think I don't need to go to church or go to a home group or go to fellowship. I have the Lord, but it's just like a fish saying I don't need water. It's actually dangerous because uh, two are better than one, and when we the more parts that God connects us to, to the body of Christ, where he wants us to be. Uh, the more we see, the more clearly we hear God's voice, and he begins to use us all as a mighty army. And that's what God's raising up, an army for these end times to overcome and to be victorious, to do great things for the Lord. And especially, you know, in gross darkness, to shine brighter and brighter, uh, yeah, it's what I'm sensing in my own life at this time. Uh, different connections that I've never, just different people that I've never uh, met before. And that's that's God putting the body together the way he wants it to be. You know, it's so funny. There's um, There was this one time that I had this vision. And I, I started to see all these little red dots, like they were all over the place. And then I started to see, just like connect the dots, and I just started to see all these different lines being drawn. And so I just, I was watching this, and I, I'm seeing this. And then it connected, it, it created Jesus. It, mm. cre- it created Jesus. Wow. And I was like, oh, that's what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because, and, and it's interesting, like you said about the little toe, everything is, every person is so important to get everything mm-hmm. accomplished. And the only people who will, will not be used are those who don't want to be used because God wants right. to use everybody. So, yeah. it, so that's the other no, thing no, too. Not, nothing, nothing will stop us but ourselves. Absolutely. God is for us. Who could be against us? That's right. Not even, the, not even the enemy and all his demons uh, can stop us. But the only thing can stop us is we ourselves saying no to the Lord. But when we say yes to God, he says yes and amen to us. And it's just so important to, again, trust the Lord, step out. Uh, I'm reminded of Nick Walinda uh, on that tightrope highway over the Grand Canyon. And that's where many of us are right now. But God just saying one step at a time, just take one step at a time. And God's taking us across the impossible grand canyons of our own lives to fulfill our dreams. Wow. That's awesome. And I think it's exciting. I'm like you were saying before, 
that before, even before 2017 started, there was such an anticipation. And I actually remember talking to different people and they couldn't wait to start decorating for Christmas. There was such a sense of celebration there because 2017 was coming. 2017 yeah. was coming and people didn't even understand what it meant. And I, I just have to, to share this is that um, when I actually looked to see what 17 meant, um, and it meant complete victory over the enemy. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm doing my, Man. I'm doing my first woman's conference and it's three seventeen seventeen. Oh my goodness. And I didn't pick those dates <laughs> because, and the funny thing about it, Bill is God has such a great sense of humor. Cause I, I could just see him saying, let's see how long it takes to figure it out <laughs> wow. because um, the 17th is actually St. Patrick's day. So I was thinking, well, St. Patrick raised the dead. I'm in. That's a good day. I'm I'm willing to do that. I'll be in St. I'll be in, you know, St. Patrick. He raised, I think, 40 people from the dead. And some of them were very dead, which I love that. I think that's the funniest thing. Wow. So that's what I said. Okay, so, you know, 31717. But if you start to look at certain significant days, and if you actually start looking at what those days mean, each day of victory, you should really go back, <clears throat> excuse mm. me, and see like what it means. Because I think there's a significance. And I think that as we're starting to, to become more aware of these things, we're starting to kind of look and we're starting to, to search and to, and to dig a little deeper. We're going to start to see like, oh, that's why I did it that day, because that day means this, or that's why that mm. happened. Because I think that God is just like in the... In, Back in the days of the, like when the Bible was being created, numbers were very, very important to the Israelites. It was an extremely important and very significant when they would do things. And I think we're going to kind of go back to that, to that um, philosophy that they're, that we're going to start asking the Lord, Lord, what day do you want? Cause that's what I said to him. I go, okay, Lord, you pick the day. Cause I don't know. <laughs> and so, so that's, those are the days, those are the days, the 17th and the 18th. And I was thinking about that. And I'm like, complete victory. I'm like, cool for a woman's Amen. conference. That's awesome. That's awesome. So wow. this is just a little out of the norm for me. Um, but I, I just wanted you to, to pray over the people. And if you get any kind of prophetic word, if you would just kind of share it, that would be awesome. If you, if you see uh, um, somebody who needs to be healed or somebody who needs encouragement, uh, I'm just, I'm just giving you the microphone. Okay. Father, in Jesus name, I thank you for everyone who's listening, even the ones that have a broken heart and a contrite spirit that are so your heart goes out for them, that you're right there wanting to touch them right now. Father, I think of that word that says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But Lord, the word deferred means postponed or delayed. It doesn't mean it's not going to happen. It means it's just a matter of time. And our times are in your hands tonight. And I pray that you would just reach down and put a deposit of faith and trust inside of every person's spirit and heart and mind, soul and body, that they will all of a sudden begin to just trust you and have your peace that passes all understanding that you didn't say no. You just said, it's not right now. But you have something better than some that they were hoping for. Maybe what they hoped for didn't happen because... Our hope is in you now, and you have something even better than what they were disappointed, thinking they didn't get. Because you're not a taker, you're a giver. And you're going to give this year, I believe, to to many people listening, Lord, you're going to give your best this year. They're, they're, going, to, they're going to thank you for not giving them what they wanted, because they're going to rejoice because you're now going to give them what they needed inside, Lord. And I pray that you bless them tonight. I bless them in Jesus' name. I bless them coming in and going out. I bless them in the marketplace to sit in the field. I bless their wallets and purses that it will never know what lack is. I bless their children and grandchildren. I bless them with an earthly father's blessing. That God, I pray that you would open the heavens over them and bless them this year 
Bless them out of their socks. Bless them out of their depression, out of their discouragement, out of their broken hearts. Just bless them and let your love explode inside of each one of them. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Oh, my gosh. This has been so great. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, I just wanted to share that if you guys wanted to get in touch with Bill Yunt, you can actually go to his website, and that's Bill Yunt, Y. O-U-N-T dot com. You can also find his books. He actually has four, which is Prophetic Stones of Remembrance. I Heard Heaven Proclaim. And also, um, what is it? Uh, Impact. Prophetic Stones of Remembrance. Yep. uh, Yeah, there's just three books so far. Oh, just the three. No, and also I heard... (laughs) <laughs> Some hear thunder, I hear a roar. That yeah. would be four, right? <laughs> well, uh, maybe you're prophesying over me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I received that because I've heard other people prophesy there's another book in me. Okay. But there's, uh, there's just those three. Some hear thunder, I hear a roar. I heard heaven proclaim and prophetic stones remembrance. And the fourth one, I don't know what it is, but since you're prophesying, I'll receive it. Okay. Well, that's that's awesome. And now you also are in, I think you're in upstate New York, correct? No, Hagerstown, Maryland. Okay, Maryland. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. So um, I, I travel in, I travel full-time in ministry for the last 15 years. I was 23 years full-time in prison ministry. Then the last 15 years I've been traveling to churches and the GLOW organizations. And so I'm willing to go anywhere the Lord opens a door. Awesome. I'm willing to go. Okay, so and you can also catch him on Twitter. He does have a, a Twitter account, and you can uh, again go to his website. So, Bill, this has just this has been such a blessing. Your words have have just blessed and inspired me. I I truly look forward to them when I um, go on Facebook. So, thank you just for being so obedient. And gosh, thank you for that book. Some uh, guys, I'm really recommending it. Um, it's called uh, "Some Hear Thunder, I Hear Roar." And especially if you are ready to roar, you need to get this book because it's definitely going to take your faith to a whole new level. So I hope that um, I hope that you can come back on and uh, and talk with us again, Bill. Yeah, you blessed me just as you shared your heart and life tonight. You blessed me also, so I thank the Lord for you. Oh, you're so sweet. Well, thank you guys, and thank you, Bill. Thank you for coming on Touch by Prayer. Thank you guys for listening. I hope this has blessed you. Remember, we are having our first women's conference here in New Jersey. It's March 17th and 18th. It is called Daddy's Girl Walking as the Daughter of the King. It is going to be life-changing. I don't say that lightly because God has put this on my heart for two years. So trust me, it is going to be spectacular. You will not leave the same. So I hope if you guys are interested in that, you can actually go to my website, www.touchbyprayer.com. You can also find past shows and archives. So once again, Bill, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Okay, guys, I hope that this has blessed you. Just remember to go out and touch someone. Good night.